welcome to this episode of Mia Lux and Love, brought to you by Lavette, an intentional dating platform for self-aware singles. And today my guest is Emile Steinvelder, who is an emotional intelligence mastery coach who really specializes working with sort of high achievers and entrepreneurs and creatives who, you know, want to build a holistically successful life. And of course, love being such a big part of a happy, successful life. He works with so many people to address their relationship patterns, you know, self-worth issues, and to, you know, really find and create the delicious love they're looking for. And today we're exploring the question, what does it take and how can we trust ourselves more in the dating process? And this for me is an important question because I do feel like so many of us these days being forced to navigate digital dating and the apps and the bad experiences and the ghosting and this and that, like it can really, we can take a knock to our intuition. It can take a knock to our sense of knowing ourselves. Anyone who's had a bad relationship or a series of bad dates, it's very easy to feel like, God, like I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know how to trust myself. We can war between our minds and our intuition. And so, Excited to dive in and share this conversation where Emil helps us to figure out how to listen well to ourselves, how to take on some of the sort of controversial mind chatter that gets in the way. And he leads us through an amazing exercise on how to let go of any previous partners or relationships that are holding us back. So let's dive in. How can we trust ourselves in the dating process? Thank you so much for jumping on and joining me today. And I, I love this question that we're going to explore, which is, how can we trust ourselves during the dating process? Because, you know, if you're single, I'm sure you've had this experience. I hear it over and over again. I've had it myself where, you know, I thought I knew something about what I wanted. And then when I did it, it didn't feel good. Or, you know, I knew something wasn't quite right, but I pushed myself through and ended up paying the consequences. And often we are balancing, I think, you know, what we think we should be doing with what feels good to us. And that can be a really challenging uh, balance to strike. And so really curious to explore with you today. How can we trust ourselves during the dating process? Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me, Mia. So when I think about this question, how do we trust ourselves? Usually I go back and I like to break it down. And I think about trust as a consistent action that we do when we practice, right? We, we check in with our bodies and this is the way I do it. I, I usually check in with my body and I think, how do I feel after I have an experience, right? And I check in to see, do I feel um, like I've expanded do i feel like i've been drained do i feel tired do i feel excited and this is one of the first indications we can do because the mind is always going to want to convince or tell another story right so even if you know what you said earlier was sometimes i knew but i ignored it right that's the gut right and the gut is the second brain when we think about trusting ourselves our gut is already firing it's already talking to us so what, the fastest way we can actually learn to trust ourselves in the dating game is check into our body. Like, how do I feel? What am I noticing? What are the sensations that are coming up? Versus what does my mind want? What did I want to happen? Because so many of us get back in the dating game and maybe we've been hurt. Maybe we're, we're still healing wounds and we deeply want to uh, fill that void. And you have to check in to ask yourself, am I doing this to fill the void? Or have I healed within myself and filled the void myself? And now I'm ready to open up to that space again without an expectation. And I love that. I love the idea of like working with the body as like the knowing. Because you're right, we say like, I know or I knew. Sometimes we think, well, it's our heads. Like we're running with our brains, our conscious minds or the, you know, the captain of the ship. But you're right. I think the deeper knowing, every time I've experienced 
like where I say like, oh, I just knew it was in my body. It was like, like the quote unquote gut feeling, right? And so then I'm curious, like if there's a, you say like drop in and check in with your body. Mm. I'm sure for you, that's like a very easy, normal thing to do. But like you said, it's a practice. Like if someone's, yeah. someone's like, what does that mean? How do I feel something? How do I check in with what I'm feeling? How, how do you just in a very basic way? So it's actually a great question. When I started to do this and really understand this process, I was doing it after every single experience that I had because I really wanted to learn how to get more intuitive and more and check in with myself more because of the fact that I had made decisions from my mind and it's always led me to a place where I'm like, how is this happening again? So the body is telling us things. We are literally receptors like a giant receptor and we literally are picking up on energy energy doesn't lie right you can walk into a place and you can get a sensation and go oh this place feels weird or you can walk into a place and be like this really feels good here and i'm really enjoying the vibe and the energy in this place and those are things that are telling us things every day so if you use it as a practice like when you wake up in the morning i usually like to meditate and the reason why i meditate first thing in the morning is because i tune into my my body versus my mind naturally going, oh, I'm tired, or I feel like this, or I feel like that, and me just going with the flow, right? So what I do is I check in with my body, and I meditate, and I may be in a good mood or a bad mood, depending on how I slept, depending on where I'm sleeping. Um, and I'm saying that because I'm traveling right now, so I'm, I'm sleeping in a lot of different Airbnbs, and you know the energy is changing in different places. So what's keeping me grounded and consistent is my meditation. And through that, when I'm breathing and I'm constantly reflecting without judgment, then I'm able to then take on the day and see what comes at me. And whatever comes at me, I'm able to respond versus react. So what we can do as human beings, we can do this every day. So whenever you go out to eat something, whenever you go and meet up with a new friend, whenever you go on a first date, check in. How did I feel? Was I nervous? Did I feel weird in certain situations? Did I feel pressured? Did I feel open? Did I feel judged? Like, ask these questions to yourself. And the more you ask these questions, Mia, the more you're able to then really understand what your body's telling you in that moment and trust it. I, I absolutely love that. I love the idea of like being in almost like a relationship or communication with that part of yourself and as a practice. And then I'm curious because like I, in my experience, I, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Often, like even if I have that, like let's say I have a, a feeling about a person where I go, mm, yeah. it didn't quite feel right. But then my mind tries to talk me out of it. My mind's like, no, 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 no. Like you're being paranoid or you're being judgmental. Like it'll try to talk me out of my gut feeling, right? I've done this before and like I've ended up in situations that were suboptimal, positions where like I felt something wasn't quite right about somebody. I didn't want to be judgmental. I wanted to give them a chance. And then I ended up in a situation where they were verbally abusive or they, you know, they ghosted or like, and, and I kind of knew in my gut, but I let myself get talked out of it. How do you handle or respond to like the, the, the mental chatter that wants to talk you out of your gut feeling? So I usually write down when you're just, you've newly just become single or you're healing from a relationship or usually when we break up or we were letting go of an old relationship, I always say, make sure you go back through that relationship and write down any resentment that you had, any things that you need to heal, anything, any anger, any stories that you've conjured up in your head about that and ask yourself what I can learn from each of those experiences. Because usually what would have happened, you said, oh, my mind already 
started convincing me, no, give him another shot, but my body was talking to me, which tells me that you might have been in a relationship where you were second guessing yourself quite a lot, right? And then that pattern is transferred into the next thing, right? So usually what we need to do is we need to check in and go, how can we find out exactly what I needed to learn from the last relationship and take the learnings and bring that into your new relationship and new experience. I think that is that is so on point as well because you know we think about like trust. Some of the mm. people I've worked with who've come to live it have been like, because we're very safety oriented, we background check everybody. And so one of the reasons people come to us is because they've had bad experiences in the dating world where it have been unsafe or they were scammed or they, you know, something. And so they're looking for a type of structural safety. But it's interesting because you know, ultimately at the end of the day, we have to make ourselves safe and keep ourselves safe. We have to trust ourselves to do that. But if you've had a bad experience, a bad relationship, it can throw our sense of trust. If we dated in like, you know, the classic is dating someone with some type of personality disorder, made us yeah. really second guess ourselves. I, you know, I had that experience coming out and then this is a long time ago, but I remember the first few times I dated somebody, I couldn't, my brain was like, I can't tell if this person is safe or not. And I, I couldn't trust myself. So. I love the idea of like integrating and digesting those experiences. You say like write it down. Like I'm just curious, like what are some of the ways we could process or integrate those experiences to rather than feel like we can't trust ourselves to learn from them so we can trust ourselves? Yeah. And I love that you shared that you dated someone that had a personality disorder because I also have, I've dated someone that had borderline personality disorder and it threw me through a whole loop. And I'm telling you guys, like I was doing years of personal development and I still got thrown through a loop. So if you have, and you're listening to this, don't beat yourself up. It happens to the best of us. Um, I think the first thing when I, when I think about, I'm going to answer you in two parts, right? So the first part, understanding resentment, whenever we get out of relationship, sometimes we can feel anger. Sometimes we can feel shame. Sometimes we feel guilt or resentment or hurt, um, even um, guilt. So what we want to do is we want to write down like, what are the strongest emotions that are coming up for us in that moment? Like, what are the resentments that I'm holding on to? You know, did I feel like I was treated wrong? What were my expectations? And write down each of those situations. So there's an exercise I'd love to give my clients. And what you can do is write down all of the resentments that you have with a relationship. And you may be like, no, we know what, we're friends. We're going to be friends and it's all going to be good. But I don't believe you can be friends with your ex until you heal and feel everything first and go through that process and then come back with no expectations in that person, right? There should be no energy in that. I still need them to show up like this or show up in a certain way for me, right? So when you write down every single resentment and then you write down what was the situation, who was it with, who was around, what were my needs, key example, what were my needs and what can I learn from that experience? Now, if you do that, you're going to have a lot of examples, but you take the key learnings and you bring them into how can I practice this now? How can I make sure that I fulfill my own needs? What is it that I was looking for in this person and how can I do this for myself and practice? Practice is key because you can practice it and then forget it in a day or you can like be consistently going over it and over and over it and then it literally becomes part of your reality. And all of a sudden, you notice that you're not doing the same thing you were doing in the last relationship because of that inner practice that you've been doing with yourself. I think that's such a beautiful approach. And the interesting thing about that, which I think is very strong, is that whenever I think about, well, to keep myself safe, I have to manage other people. 
that feels really exhausting and overwhelming and unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs> I have to yes. be a, a, like amazing, perfect judge of character versus if I'm sure of who I am, if I'm healed and complete in myself, if I'm healthy in my own dynamic, if I am aware of my patterns, if I've tracked my lessons, right? Like who you become in that moment. And then naturally, I think from that place, how you tend to respond to people or what you can perceive or what you allow, what you accept changes, right? It just changes very naturally. And that's all within our control because it's really, it's really like you said, a practice with ourselves versus trying to like track, manage and judge every external human. <laughs> And, and to add to that, you, you said something else about like sometimes you were in a relationship and the person had a, a mental health disorder or a personality disorder, right? So just for anyone that's experienced this, whoever's listening to this, if you have been in a, an abusive relationship or maybe the person was narcissistic or borderline personality or you just didn't know how to handle yourself in this in a relationship what you can do is figure out what your values are this changed massively for myself the moment i understood my values i started to understand my worth and i subconsciously created boundaries around how i would like to show up and what is okay with saying no and what is okay with saying yes because usually what we do is we get into relationships and we think i need to be this person for this person even if they're abusive even if they're not kind even if they're toxic because that's what a good partner should do through thick and thin but what we're doing is we're sacrificing our needs we're sacrificing our values and that then subconsciously sacrifices our worth right Maybe and this is that word should like I, as i'm hearing you say like yeah. that word should is so like talk about the mind versus like the body's knowing right i should just start dating i should be out there you know mm. i like if i don't want to die alone i should do this like we, we would we can drive ourselves by fear and expectation I, I should just give them a chance. I should just do this, right? And I'm, I think, like you mentioned, like the ability to have know, know what your values are and say no is a big part. How how would you advise people to practice saying no? Like the biggest, like I hear this from women all the time. Women largely don't want to upset people. They don't want to. Yeah. I think men don't want to upset people too. No one wants to upset anybody. Yeah. We're, all, we're all conflict averse, right? <laughs> and so they like. I think about the things people will do against their own interest to be polite, sitting mm. through something that is uncomfortable, um, going on a second date, even though they don't actually really want to, because they don't know how to say no, just disappearing mm. and ghosting because they don't know how to communicate that something isn't a fit for them. I think yeah. in order for us to, to feel and trust our gut, we need to be able to say and communicate what we don't want. What advice do you have around that? Cause it's so, it's so hard for people to do this. I mean, as a recovering people pleaser myself, I say that. <laughs> Right. I think it's it's I the biggest thing I learned was under, one understanding my values, two understanding every time I say yes to somebody else I'm saying no to myself. And when you think about that, every time you say yes to this person, you're saying no to yourself. And if you do that over and over again, you're telling that inner child that your needs are not as important as important as this person, right? Which then diminishes our self confidence, our self esteem, our worth. Now, if you're looking for a relationship that, and you want respect and you want love and you want to create that, we first have to always ask ourselves, where am I coming from? Where am I creating from? Because if I come into a relationship or I come into the dating game and I, I want to, I just want this love and I just want this acceptance and I haven't done the work with myself first, then I'm automatically going to fall into that creating from lack and lack likes lack. 
just like love attracts love, right? The vibration is going to match whatever you are coming from. So you have to be very vigilant in where am I creating from? How am I showing up in this space? And is my energy coming from desperation or inspiration? That is amazing. I love that desperation or inspiration. And, I, and yeah. like talking about feeling into it, if you're in that practice of like feeling into where something is coming from, we know the difference. They have such different yeah. tones to them, right? Like the feeling of mm. like desperately just wanting company for no other reason than we just, we don't want to face ourselves, right? Versus yeah. like feeling filled up and excited, like, ooh, this person seems really fun. And I, I'm really curious to get to know them, right? Like we know the different flavors of what's driving us. And I, I really love your approach because I think, again, once we accept that we have an accountability and a dynamic, we have the ability to do something about it, right? So if someone is feeling like, oh, maybe they are, they're not coming from the right place. Maybe there is still lack driving them. What would you suggest they do? I suggest they take a step back, right? Because usually what there's a saying, right? You know, whatever you focus on will grow, will grow. And usually a question to ask yourself is instead of saying, what don't I want, right? No, instead of saying, this is what I want in a partner. The quickest way to find out what you don't want is list all the things you don't want and then subtract it and put it into the list of like, what do I want? And then let's focus on that. Let's purely focus on what I want in the partner and then go, why, what is it? What is the reason why I want this particular um, trait in the partner? And then again, we always come back to ourselves because I say everything starts with ourselves. Everything starts from the inner and that is a reflection of the outer. So if you are coming from a place and you're like, oh, I'm noticing I'm coming from desperation, I need to check in and go, what do I need for myself? And what is it that I still need to heal? What am, I, what am I still trying to avoid doing the work in? And what is it that I still need to feel and be with and take responsibility for? And I say responsibility because so many of us don't, we're still blaming our ex. And if you're blaming your ex, you're still stuck in the past and that past is coming into the present and that present is creating your future. So we may have to make sure that we've really healed and taken responsibility. I love doing uh, with my clients an, a letter of forgiveness and I do two letters, right? So the first letter is an FU letter. So I don't want to swear on your channel, but basically I just get everything out I've ever wanted to say because let's be real. So many of us want to say it, but we're afraid to say it. And I'm not saying don't go send this to your, your ex-partner, by the way. Don't, because you'll just get more stuff coming back. But what we want to do is we want to fully express our anger, our shame, our guilt, what we've wanted to say, what we've always wanted to express on this paper and just write and write and write. And it may take like six or seven pages. I say get a playlist, get a candle, set your, set your space up for you to really go in on this. And it's such a therapeutic process because what you're doing is you're fully releasing these memories and these stories and these feelings onto this paper. And then what you do after is I usually like, I go over, go over it with my clients or you can go over it with a friend that you trust. And then when you express it, it's, there's a different feeling and emotion that comes out because what we do, we're expressive beings. And most of the pain is because we were not heard. We didn't feel seen. We didn't feel accepted. And what we've done is we've made that mean something because we're meaning making machines. And what we've made it mean is that I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or I'm not enough for this person. When it's not actually true, we just, maybe we're just not compatible. 
maybe we've just come to the end of the road and I've learned what I've ne needed to learn from you. And now it's time for me to go to another level or evolve with somebody else. And that's totally fine. So then after we do that, we grab the letter. And again, what is the letter for? It's for seeing it for what it is. As you see it for what it is, you can go, okay, what did I need to learn from that experience every single time? And then we light the letter on fire in a safe space. And we say, give it thanks because everything is happening for us. It's such a cliche saying, but it is. It's like, if this didn't happen, I wouldn't have learned this and this and this and that. As shit as some of these experiences have been, I am a better man because of it. I went through a, a toxic traumatic relationship with someone that had BPD. And because of that, I've learned how to set boundaries. I know my values. I've understood my worth. And because of that, I'm now teaching thousands of people how to do the same. If that didn't happen, I wouldn't have got that. I wouldn't be teaching it, you know? And so the second thing is the second letter is once you've done the, the FU letter, then you can write the normal forgiveness letter. And the, the, always the person I say forgive first is yourself. So the reoccurring theme here is everything starts with us. So I would write a letter to yourself first. And through getting the learnings of the FU letter, we've taken the emotional charge of the anger out. And then this is where we can actually bring in the forgiveness. And what that does, forgive is to not forget, but when I give, I do get. Does that make sense? The moment I give something, I am getting something back subconsciously because the moment I write this forgiveness letter to myself, I'm getting compassion, I'm getting understanding, I'm getting presence, I'm getting empathy, but I'm doing it for myself. And just you sitting with that letter and writing down, I'm, I'm forgiving, and it can be set up like this. Dear Emil, I'm sorry that I got the nudges at the start and I saw some of the red flags and I ignored you. From now on, I will learn to trust and, and listen to that. And next time this happens, I will know what to look for. I'm sorry that I didn't understand blah, 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 and I made excuses. So you go through the different things that happen throughout your relationship. And like I said, this is not a one-time process. This is a process. And you might write three, five, six letters, right? So don't just write the letter and be like, okay, I'm done. I'm healed. Let me get that back out there. Because you may release a whole bunch of stuff. And then literally a month later or two months later, you get back in the game. And then you notice that some things are triggering you. This is where it gets exciting because your triggers are your ticket to freedom. So and the I, moment and you're... I love, but I love that idea. Of like, I think you're so right about the idea. Of like, if you're not resolved about your past relationship, if, if there's still that energy there, right, it's still mm -hmm. in you, and like, it's like it's impossible, especially when you start dating again, and now you're back in romantic situations. You you're gonna see that everywhere you look because it's still in you, right? And I think yeah. that idea of like, first of all, the purging big fan <laughs> like big fan of the purge and especially when you give yourself permission to actually say like just the craziest stuff that you needed to say yeah. and like because otherwise it loops right like you have this toxicity like looping in your own system big fan of it but i love the idea of like forgiving yourself first because i think mm. about like you know same thing with me i was very young when i was in that relationship with the person i was also with bpd and like serious addiction issues and i was really young i was 16 when i met them and i had yeah. no idea but like the I had to really go back and forgive myself for not knowing because what was happening yeah. was by punishing myself and saying I should have known better, 
I just mm. kept being like a cognitive dissonance around, well, I'm not stupid, but I should have known. So it's their fault. And you just get in this like triangulation of madness versus like, if you just sit with it, acknowledge and have compassion for yourself and for whatever situation yeah. we ended up in. And then it's so much easier to like, let it go. I, lo I love that idea of like, there was that great um, idea of like, uh, resolution is the gift you give yourself. You know, so yeah. like, we, we keep trying to resolve with our exes or whatever, but I think you're right. Like it's a self-resolving thing that you can do in the right way. And then I'm guessing from this, like I'm imagining, let's say someone takes up this process and they're like, okay, I know mm -hmm. when I'm triggered or I feel like there's new energy arising, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna purge, I'll do the forgiveness, I'm gonna take this as like a healing process. Then on the other side of that, you know, you're no longer in a situation of feeling unsure about yourself because you've actually looked at, seen, addressed and integrated what was not working in that relationship. Is that kind of, is that kind yeah. of the, the trust building part of this? Yes, absolutely. Every relationship ending is an opportunity for us to grow. And if we look at it like that versus like, oh, no, this didn't work or I'm a failure or I'm not good at relationships. It's like, no, it's like every relationship is there to teach us something. It's there to evolve. It's there to bring out something within us. And I think when we understand that at a holistic level, you get to really go, okay, how did I what was it that I needed to learn from that relationship in order to really become whole within myself and understand myself even more and understand what my needs are and who I am as, a, as an individual. What an amazing reframe. Like imagine like if you're single right now and you haven't done this process with your last relationships, like what a beautiful gift to give yourself, like sit down, ask exactly like Emil said, like, what did you learn? What did you become? And, and instead of feeling like a victim of, a failed relationship or I can't get it right. Like I agree with you. I think there is such profound gifts and patterns that are available for us. Right. And those are the things that will help us create better relationships or communicate with ourselves better or begin to learn ourselves better. All right. So one last yeah. question before we jump off, I could talk about this forever with you. Yeah. Um, but one last question, if you could just wave a magic wand and teach everyone mm -hmm. out there who's single, just instantly teach them one thing that you think would change their dating love lives forever, what would you teach them? <laughs> it's easy, emotional intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny when you said that, I was like, oh, I already know it's emotional intelligence because emotional intelligence is understanding our emotions, thoughts, and feelings. And when we can understand from the core of where it's coming from and heal those parts of ourselves, we don't need a strategy to get someone to love us because we come from a place of understanding. We come from a place of our own worth. We come from a place of awareness. And the more you understand yourself, the more you have empathy and compassion for yourself, the more you can have empathy and compassion for someone else. And that builds relationship, that builds connection, that builds intimacy. I, I love that. I love the idea because I think you're right. Like so much of the concept of love we have is the idea of like, getting something from somebody or being completed through somebody or like filling the hole, you know, like that idea. And so that, that lack process and not being aware of where it's coming from, like what a gift to give yourself. And yeah. like for you as a coach who does this, I know with thousands of clients, like what a gift you give people to let themselves like fill themselves up and be emotionally aware and emotionally intelligent and then have and create relationships from that place. It's such a different quality of relationship, right? Such a different quality. Beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for, for taking us on a, a quick little exploration into trusting oneself and building the relationship with oneself. And I love that beautiful piece on letting go with your past relationships. Um, and for anyone who's curious and wants to 
have some help. Like I always say, we have business coaches, we do career planning, but so few mm. of us are intentional and work with people um, in, in this area of love. So if you want to know more about Emil, just check the show notes below. All his stuff is linked there. I, you know me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nut for everything where it comes to healing and accountability. Mm -hmm. So, you know, go explore, enjoy. And Emil, thank you so much again for, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Mia. This is fun. Thanks for joining and listening to this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you are single and you are ready for something better, do check out what I've built with Livet. We're offering a free month trial and you can get a real sense for, you know, how this is such a different kind of platform. It's 100% video, 100% vetted, like actual background checks, and 0% BS. We've even built in an amazing automated anti-ghosting system. I really designed Levet as a conscious response to so much of, you know, I'd say the disruptive and antisocial behaviors I saw in dating. And so this is an amazing virtual social club where you can meet and play with people who are on the same page, playing by the same rules. It is so much fun inside. So if you're single and want to check it out, make sure you go to the show notes below and start your application. 